You're listening to Ovary Acting, a podcast about periods and living life to the fullest with endometriosis. Oh, and by the way, you're not overreacting. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Overreacting with me, Katie. Uh, just before we start, I just want to say thank you so much for all the love on the first episode. I am quite overwhelmed, actually. Um, you've all been incredibly kind. Uh, thank you if you've taken the time to subscribe, to leave a review. It really, really does mean the world. So, yeah. And thanks for coming back. I'm very, very excited about this episode uh, because today I'm going to be speaking to Susie Nagel-Davis. You might know her better as Truthress on Instagram. She designs the most wonderful endo art. She can turn you into uterus. Uh, She comes up with the most wonderful and witty sketches. And she is here with me now. I'm Susie, I'm 26. I live in London, um, recently moved here in November. Um, and yeah, I suffer from endometriosis. I got diagnosed when I was 21. I had my first laparoscopy on my 21st birthday. So happy birthday oh. to me. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's that's not ideal, is it? No. I suppose but it's I'll the qu- gift you've been waiting for to get the diagnosis and things, but it's bittersweet, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, about how you kind of, you've got this mixed emotions when you get diagnosed because you think, okay, finally, I know why I've been feeling like this. And then you're like, oh, like this is not something that you can cure. So that's just me now. Um, but yes, I've had four operations in five years, um, basically every year, um, or kind of every year to 18 months, which has been a struggle because every time you have one, when I first was first told about laparoscopies, I was told that's the cure, that you have a laparoscopy and that's it, you're done. Oh, so they, they actually told you that? Basically, yeah. So oh, you kind goodness. of framed it as that's, that's you know, the way you cure it and then you'll be fine and you'll go on with your life. So when it then came back, I think it was only nine months later, and he said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to operate again. I thought there was like something seriously wrong with me, but it happened twice. And then the third time, I was like, this is this can't can't be serious. And then the fourth time, I was like, well, surely, <laughs> surely this is like normal because this can't keep happening to me. Surely it's happening to other people. Yeah. But I was quite lucky because um, actually a friend of mine. So my most recent operation was in January, last January, not the one just been. Um, and she was having an operation at the same time. Um, and it was only then that I started talking about it with people because suddenly someone who I knew had it too and we could compare notes and all these things that I thought was unique to me and I'd clearly dealt with it badly was just normal you know walking like an old woman for (laughs) weeks after your operation is a normal thing but no one tells you that um so yeah do you think that comes from the fact that it is like a condition that we view with a lot with well shame to be honest We're, we're kind of embarrassed and we assume that we should just be able to get on with it especially when we consider the fact it's related to periods and we see other people just kind of going about their business and not being in that level of pain and not needing women operations just to survive was it was it to do with the kind of shame for you or I think so definitely and I think you know you can tell your friends oh god I've got like a really bad stomach ache you know and all this and they'll be like yeah me too you know they don't they don't see it the way we see it (laughs) you know a bad stomach ache to us is probably like (laughs) 
I, I, I tripped to the spa for goodness sake yeah. like I can take <laughs> you know the pain I think that's one thing that we learned pretty quickly that the pain thresholds are so different for different people and you kind of you know I, I hate to play top trumps with it as well because I think that some people now say to me oh well, don't worry it's not as bad as you and I'm like it's all relative like it's just it's not well, a good is- thing that you program yourself to kind of just stifle it and get on with it it doesn't make you strong it makes you like I don't know what it makes you just you just had to get badass yeah yeah you've had you just you just had to get through it like that haven't you though like exactly it was after my first operation that I started drawing because I suppose a bit of background to me I went to art school I went to uh, St Martin's in London and then Edinburgh College of Art which is what took me to Scotland and um I remember when I was in one of my lectures and we were all kind of um illustrating in in London and um my lecturer came over to me and he looked over my shoulder and he said if I see one more bloody cartoon from you I'm gonna throw your book out the window (laughs) what a cheek what a cheek (laughs) so I from that day I didn't do cartoons until the day a few days after my operation and I started drawing these cartoons of uteruses because it was just I found it really comforting yeah and then from there it's when it kind of started to grow and yeah it's interesting that you say that like it's after your operation because I don't know about you and I don't know whether this is something that other people have gone through but I find that when you when you're dealing with chronic illness and when you're sick for a really really long time and and you kind of I have you have these bouts of productivity that usually like in the kind of moments where you're not just focusing on getting through the day and you're not like just you know in constant pain I I, like there'll be a window where I'm like let's fill this you know whatever your passion is it's like let's do this now then and let's make this the thing that that gets me through exactly but I also in a way for me I kind of it's almost like a little bit of therapy for me it kind of calms me down it distracts me it takes me to another world like ever since I was a kid I used to you know illustrate and I was quite a shy little child so I'd go to my room and illustrate and I'd go to these different worlds and that's kind of what I now do when I'm struggling I kind of go there and I kind of think how can I make this shit situation into a, into a good one so and I, kind of by illustrating that it's, yeah. it's so clear to me though that I hope that you kind of get this feedback every day I, I feel like you do uh, people just connect with these images that you're putting out there you know on such a level that I can't even express it's, it's kind of like finally seeing what they've been trying to articulate this whole time or or you know or, or as you say just something lovely like the, the uteruses uh, specifically, I was absolutely <laughs> giddy when I saw that you'd turned me into a uterus. <laughs> I was so, honestly, because I thought, how wonderful, because you grow to really resent your reproductive parts and the things that are causing you pain. So to mm-hmm. see something that was really quite beautiful out of something that you've kind of grown to, to dislike, yeah, it, it changes that's... your perspective a bit. That's exactly what I'm trying to do with it. I think shed a bit of light and happiness into quite a dark and isolating condition. And that's kind of what I want to do. And if I, if I can make someone smile, even if it's just for a second, when they look at my work, you know, I'm, I'm a happy lady. <laughs> and that is definitely the reaction that, that you, you create. And some of your little sketches and things are brilliant as well. It blows my mind and it makes me feel ill that people can relate to them sometimes, especially the ones yeah. uh, that are actual things that actual doctors have said to women in pain god it's so I mean I think the worst one that was said to me was again last January when I was just about to be put under and the anesthetist said why do you look so scared aren't you used to it by now and I just thought as Uh, if that's the last thing I'm going to (laughs) hear 
I just can't even comprehend that. It, I know it's it's, awful. it's ridiculous. It's things. I'm not even sure if they're not. I don't think they're saying it to upset you. I think they're just quite kind of. <laughs> it just doesn't go into their brain what they're actually saying. Sometimes I wonder whether when you're so kind of absorbed in that medical world, you have to have that professional detachment to such a degree that it almost makes you like lose your humanity when you're talking yeah, to people exactly. that are actually sitting there. Like, I mean, someone like you to have gone through that ordeal for that amount of years and and kind of not knowing what way was up and constantly I mean the fact that they had to constantly operate on you every time I can't imagine a world where that was anyone's solution exactly and it kind of feels like you're in you know the 1800s being like oh we don't know what to do let's cut her open then let's just have a look let's just have a look you know and it's like you're a human being and this every time you have surgery you you your recovery time and things like that it's it's just remarkable that you've I mean, you're doing so well, like with your your work with your your illustrations. It's it's remarkable that you that you oh, are actually you. given the amount of things that you've gone through. That's resilience. It's fantastic. That's really kind. Thank you. But but it, but it is. And you've got to. You kind of got to give yourself a pat on the back for that because what one operation is is a lot more than most people ever want to have. So to, to gone through all that. Um, well what I've noticed as well with it is that you know the more you have the people around not like you're close you know my my boyfriend and my parents and things are all really kind to me but like more friends and things and like people that you know but not you know work colleagues and stuff they kind of then see it as normal so the more operations you have the less they care about it because they're like oh that just happens to Susie that's just what she does she just has an operation every year and it's fine yeah but what they don't realize is the more you have the harder it gets the slower the recovery time the worse you feel because you think oh my god I've had four is it going to be fifth is there going to be a sixth so each time you have one you want to be kind of held held more but they don't they kind of back off because they're like oh it's no big deal now bored now <laughs> you know that kind of thing it's funny isn't it how how people's kind of tolerances for for being helpful uh start to win <laughs> and that yeah I know exactly what you mean because because people just start thinking oh yeah that's that's Susie Susie's sick so Susie gets operations so I hope that she's all right but they don't make that extra effort to really make you feel like you know obviously yeah. as you say it's different for your immediate circle who see you every day and probably just understand a heck of a lot more what what this disease does yeah I think so I think especially with just moving over with my boyfriend because we because we've been in a long distance relationship I think he didn't quite know how much it affect can affect my everyday life um so before you know I'd phone him and I'd say oh I haven't felt so good today blah 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 and he'd be like oh okay you know I'm sorry to hear that but now he can see it I think he kind yeah. of realizes that god that's actually quite a, a serious condition that some days you really just can't you can't barely get out of bed <laughs> yeah and, and do you think so. that that's kind of made you closer as well though just kind of sharing that and also to make you feel better to be able to share it as well definitely definitely and especially with um truthless and stuff I'm always showing him the illustrations before I put it out there I was like do you think this one's good and you know all of this and he's he's really helpful and he'll say that's funny but what if you did that or what if you did this oh really sounding board he really enjoys it oh fantastic (laughs) get yourself a man who enjoys uterus art (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing we were even talking about it over dinner tonight and he was like the thing is you you say uteruses you know you could say that a year ago to me and I'd probably be a bit like Ooh. but now you know I see your drawings of them I'm like oh cool what's that uh, that's <laughs> fantastic he's interested. yeah he's learning every day exactly. <laughs> it's brilliant 
just circling back to what you said at the at kind of the start of our chat about the fact that you when you were going through um the process which I, I still can't quite fathom of of consecutive operations and not really feeling like you could talk to that many people about it well kind of what you've done is create a forum where people no one has to feel like that anymore right because they can talk about it with you exactly that's exactly what I wanted to do and because it brought it brought me comfort at the time you know making these kind of comics and stuff as I was recovering so then putting it out there I thought oh if it makes me feel like this maybe it'll make other people feel like that too so and it's just wonderful to see that actually in some cases it does and it really does make some people happy and you know it's probably not everyone's cup of tea I'm sure some people might see what I do that aren't in the endo world and think oh my god do you know what I did think that see when I shared uh, the uterus the uterus I want to make sure that I'm saying that right so people understand um that you that you so kindly did of me I I had a thought and I was like oh do I stick this out on the main grid? Like, do I put it yeah. on? And then I thought, do you know what? If if people don't if people don't like my uterus, well, they, I don't want them to follow me. So yeah. you, they can, yeah, you they can, can like get going. Them out that way. Yeah, <laughs> like you can work out who, who you know. And it, fair enough, it, you know, they're they're extremely cute. They are not like they're not graphic <laughs> or anything like that. But yeah. you know, it, it that's just kind of what we need to reprogram our brains, don't we, to kind of stop thinking like that. Yeah, because like it or lump it this condition's not going anywhere you know and and even if you don't have endometriosis there's I I just love it I think it's such a positive um a positive mission thank you that makes that makes me very happy to hear (laughs) how does it work then so obviously when you when you just had your first operation you you rediscovered that passion for the illustrations but but what like in terms of productivity I mentioned to you before that I have these spurts where I'm like yes this podcast is definitely a product of that like I just decided, like just do it, just make it happen. Um, do you find like a pressure to keep producing content and stay creative? And sometimes when you're poorly, is is that a, actually even in your job advertising? You know, is that something that's that's difficult for you to manage creativity and productivity with a chronic condition? Yeah, I think so. Because um, I only started this Instagram account last summer, um, but it was probably in the last few months it started kind of picking up a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I have found myself thinking, oh, God, I haven't done anything recently. I probably should do something more. But then balancing that with then, you know, work that you get paid to do as well. And then sure. I find myself then kind of crossing over and I'm thinking about, you know, truth or us when I'm at work. And then I feel really guilty that I'm thinking of it at work. And and it is hard. To, it is hard to balance. But it's always worth it because when, when you start, when you think of one, you know, you kind of think, oh, this is quite good, actually. And oh, this will be fun. And I'm excited to see what people think. And so the the high that you get from it's kind of worth it but yeah. it is at times it can feel a little bit overwhelming and especially even just in the last week I've been doing like these these um plant pot these uterus pots and those uterus oh, pins which are amazing yeah. and the sky's the yeah. limit with the the amount of kind of things you could make into uteruses really well, <laughs> this is what I suddenly started thinking I was like I could do uterus everything ah, <laughs> yeah. what can my we do like, oh he's like oh my gosh this house is gonna be a uterus museum <laughs> exactly <laughs> he was like I'm gonna leave one weekend and everything just gonna be a giant uterus like yes, <laughs> like, yes when are you exactly. going uh and yeah. schedule this in uh, so we had the the pot the the pins. I, I ordered one of your pins. I'm so excited for it to arrive because uh, there there's there's power actually in having a uterus pinned to your lapel and going about your business. The, well, this is it. I, I'm wearing mine at the moment actually, and I wear it yes. to work. And 
I kind of I'm, I'm kind of waiting for someone to say to me what is that and I'm like let me tell you yeah <laughs> almost it, like a badge of honor now I kind of in a weird way <laughs> I think it's so positive to to think about it like that because you know especially with a condition that is invisible and when people sort of see you and and don't get me wrong I love my disguise half the time I'm so delighted that nobody thinks that I've got anything going on underneath um Mm -hmm. just to be taken seriously at work to feel like I'm just to feel good about myself for goodness sake I don't want to look ill all the time um exactly but sometimes just having that little thing that can spark the question why do you have a uterus on your person (laughs) (laughs) it's good because it's just an opportunity to to spread a little awareness isn't it really Exactly. And then, you know, it starts a conversation and suddenly, you know, next thing you know, you're talking to someone saying, oh my God, I have it too. Someone you had no idea had it, has yeah. it. And it's just, and it's, you feel like you get a connection with someone who's got it immediately just because you've just got this like very big deal. And you both, you both have this big, big thing in your life. So you've definitely come a long way then from like kind of keeping the situation under wraps into yourself to now just like having conversations with with strangers about it I mean that happens really rapidly doesn't it that you just start telling everybody that you know about how much you bled this week yeah exactly <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know how it happens but I think once you've told that many doctors and once you've had that many internal exams you just lose absolutely any filter yeah completely completely and then suddenly you say it to the wrong person that their reaction is horrifying you're like oh, uh, oh <laughs> that that hurts that's happened to me a few times and you just see uh, once I was talking to someone and I just I, I swear I saw the blood like rush from like I I saw them go like almost green and I just thought well you're a lost cause you don't care about this I'm not gonna tell you anymore I don't want you to faint um but majority of people the reaction is always really positive and and people are keen to learn, and especially when it affects, you know, their mate or someone that they yeah. might have to work with or whatever. I've had really good responses. I don't know about you, mostly yeah, positive. In, in in general, I think people are really supportive and they kind of, they want to know and they want to, especially because even just having a long name there is a bit like endometri what? How yeah. do you say that? What does this mean? Yeah. Can you um, spell it for me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean the amount of people though but I do have quite a lot of friends that just keep saying it wrong and I just say please just call it endo because I don't want to keep correcting you yeah no exactly um actually it's really funny bless him I've got the most adorable boss he really is lovely and he wrote an email and he was really being nice about me and you know it was lovely uh but he just he wrote endometitosis or something like that and I was like oh my gosh you're so cute and so well intentioned <laughs> and it was lovely but you know that way you're just like don't <laughs> no but you don't want to put him down because he's tried <laughs> yeah no exactly and it, and it was just it was just so lovely for him to have even acknowledged it so I was yeah. like okay we pick our battles with this one that's fine yeah well I've <laughs> because of because of my operations I've had to have the same conversation four times with my bosses of oh I've got to have another operation and each they're both they're male it's a kind of you work in partnerships so they're a team as well and um I go to them and it's just excruciating and they're they're bright red in the face they're looking at their feet and they're just kind of saying yep no cool yep just do whatever you need to do yep uh yep cool oh my goodness (laughs) I'd rather not even say it to your face at this point because it's just too 
makes me cringe just thinking about it it's mad isn't it though because you just think like I'm sure that they're lovely you know and it's not well, they're it's really not, kind yeah, it's not a reflection but... and, and I'm sure that they would be like yeah just take all the time you made and need and sincerely mean that exactly. but and they do yeah. that kind of cringe factor I don't know how we stamp that out and I'm really hoping that we we get there and I think that accounts like truth risk go a really long way just in normalizing seeing like you know images of of reproductive bits on your on your Instagram, you know, in a, in a good way, not a, a, a DM you didn't ask for. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think that's really, really powerful. So I'm just really hoping that kind of subliminal messaging gets through and people well, start to be less, I don't know, icked out by really natural... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny that you say that about a DM that um, no one asked for, because I do have that panic when I send people, like, even when I sent it to you, I was like, what if she finds this really weird? <laughs> no, it's okay. Do you know what? I've I've recently um ordered myself a, a tit pot. I think that's what I'm gonna oh, call yeah. it. Like one of those. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's very exciting. It's just like a nice pair of breasts uh, to put a cactus in or something. And yeah. the, the woman was like, obviously, I can like model it off your own breasts if you'd like to send me a picture. And I just thought, you know what? It's 2021. I know we're in lockdown, but the first nude that I send is not going to be to the itty bitty titty lady. Like I'm not doing it. It's not happening. But, but you know, maybe if it's lockdown ten, then uh, you can do it. Give give me time, and we'll see. But it, yeah, it, it's funny. So that was more. But then also I thought, well, do you know what? So did that's brilliant. Yeah, why not? I'm I quite think cool it, to have a mantelpiece saying, yeah, those are mine. Yeah, I know, and I kind of wish I had done it now, but um next time I'll order another one yeah um but you know it, it, it's these kind of things and art is always so powerful I think and just whatever it might be sometimes finds the words that that you don't have to express what you're going through so think whether it's a kind of tip pot or a uterus uh, pot or a pen or or the you know whatever it can be really powerful and I think it really helps with just getting used to things that they don't usually see yeah exactly and I kind of find that with the little um, the endo chronicles kind of stories that you don't need to say much you kind of it's literally about three words per per frame but that's yeah. all you need to kind of get the the message across of how you're feeling and what the situation is you know I think it's the minute you start blabbing I've done a few where I've kind of just deleted them because I was like I'm blabbing on too much and it kind of ruins it you kind of less is more with this kind of stuff I think sometimes sometimes when you put a little bit less out there people kind of imprint their own experience exactly. on it don't they yeah what I mean exactly. we just talked about kind of seedier dms but what are your dms like are they full of people being like saying to you oh my gosh Susie like this was me or do you get a lot of your inspiration from things people message you yeah I do actually and it's just so it's so lovely when people message me because it, it always feels so hard I got one two days ago because my dad actually put out a endometriosis awareness post on his work thing yes we and um, to see I was that like oh dance. yeah good that's amazing <laughs> and then he linked to my Instagram page and he was quite funny he was like he spoke to me yes he was like I don't I know it's not all me but I like to think that at least you know 10% of your new followers are all because of me <laughs> I was like okay Dad, oh sure <laughs> you take the credit no that's so funny <laughs> but one lady that works with him sent me this really long message about how you know, she's only just been diagnosed after 13 years of trying to get a diagnosis. And, you know, she, she hasn't really t spoken about it before. And you kind of just think it's so nice to be there for people for complete strangers that suddenly 
who haven't spoken about it in the past and they feel that they can that's what I think you need to be really some yeah. yeah I mean it's that's so powerful and sometimes I think it's like it can be quite an emotional thing when you see someone send you a message like that and you think oh my yeah goodness. I welled up when I got read her message <laughs> like thank you for trusting me with this information um, exactly yeah because exactly. well, I always even when I was younger I used to want to be a midwife because I wanted to help people and stuff so oh, now nice, I kind of yeah. feel like I've combined my two passions of drawing and helping people too so absolutely yeah. absolutely when people send those kind of messages it's it's incredible sometimes I don't know what to do with some of the messages that come through though and I think I was quite bad in the past maybe when I was this is what happens actually when you create a platform because you're struggling right and then you use it to help you and and kind of it's you know and obviously it's to help other people but really also you are clinging to this what, what you're putting out there as well um when people send you messages sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming because you don't actually have the answers and you are still figuring it out yourself and I, and I really don't want to say the wrong thing because some of the support groups and again I don't want to say the wrong thing uh, some of the support groups that I found myself in on different Facebook pages and things like that I found like if you say you're on one treatment you get about 20 folk kind of screaming and shouting at you and, and telling you that yeah. that's that's going to be the worst thing you could ever possibly do and and it it scared the life out of me to be honest because I was yeah. just trying to live mm-hmm. I think this is a thing and this is the, the the bad point of social media is that everyone suddenly has an opinion and you know you're putting it out there because that's how you feel at that moment in time and then someone else is telling you you shouldn't feel like that and yeah. suddenly you're just like this is supposed to be a positive nice space for people you know to come together and suddenly it becomes a bit of a uncomfortable place to be and you know you need to take five don't you sometimes because it's just it's a lot and then actually all that's going to do all that's going to achieve is going to make you better at responding and better at producing the stuff when when you get back to it there's no point in trying to when it's a passion project which which it it is and when it's something that you're trying to do to to help people you've got to make sure that you're kind of looking out for yourself yeah and you don't want to be giving them like half-assed replies oh yeah yeah. sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly it's it's difficult get finding that that balance I was going to say work-life balance there but because it is a it's a labor of love it it's different but the reward right from seeing people interact with your post and just tell their friends just must be something else yeah and actually someone messaged me a few weeks ago they messaged me I think they just put it on their story and they tagged me and they said oh I had a, a Dr. Dickhead moment today. This happened. Oh, blah, my blah, blah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm so upset that the character lives on, but also how amazing to <laughs> yeah, use your yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so that was that was a pretty cool moment. I was like, no way. I think I'm going to try and screenshot these messages and things because, you know, on days when you're feeling really crap and you think that you're rubbish and, you know, everything's going to, yeah. to shit. Yeah. Then I think can swear on this. Can I swear on this? Oh yeah. Well, I've made no rules yet, so this is you know, okay. like let's do it. Let's establish this as an explicit podcast. That's fine. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to look at. It is exactly. so powerful, and I think that I suppose I just want to know what you've got planned next. It's a difficult time right now for anyone to plan anything, but. I, you know, I, I can see that ideas are brewing from your, your <laughs> stories and things. So what do you well, think yeah. is next? 
I'm, I am writing a book actually, um, well, writing and illustrating a book. So it's kind of <laughs> bringing- Sorry, like this is a podcast, but my, my jaw is on the floor. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's the plan. I've, I've actually, I've sent it to quite a few publishers, but um, none of them have replied. I think it's interesting. I think it's still quite a, um, I kind of, I didn't think it would be a taboo subject really mm. in the publishing world because, you know, you do see books about endometriosis and you see books about vaginas and periods and all of this, but yeah. it does seem the kind of books that I'm planning on doing, which is going to be very illustration heavy. People don't, well, so far people haven't really got it in the publishing world. So you know, this, I'm going. Is it one of those ones where you like want to just be in the room with someone and kind of express your vision? It's so hard right now while everything's still exactly still zooming and, away. And they say things like, "I'll oh, send you know a thousand word you know synopsis," and it's like, "Well, I can't really do that because I tell the message through pictures. So what am I supposed to say?" Um, so I think I'm going down the self-publishing route, but it's going to happen, and it's going to be. Well, I hope it's going to be a lovely little book where people can look at it and feel happy and flick through it. And, you know, if you're in that moment when you're feeling alone, you know, you can pick up that book and just, you know, just look at a page and think, oh, okay. Or, you know, even rip the page out and stick it on your wall or whatever. But yeah, that's the plan. Oh, that just sounds phenomenal. I really hope that somebody gets it but as you say if they don't just I'm so proud of you for like gonna go make it happen yourself because I know this book will sell do you know what I mean there's (laughs) there's one in ten women this book is gonna sell like well this is this is what I've tried to be saying to them being like there's one in ten women that have it you know um it's it's, there's books on the on the shelves at the moment that are very kind of dense and heavy and you know they're, they're lovely books and I'm not slagging them off at all but I have the condition and I don't really want to read a book this thick about, you know, the science behind the condition. I kind of want to read something I can relate to it's, and that maybe yeah. makes you feel a little bit better Especially about the condition. Especially not if you're reaching for the book when you are in pain. Yeah. <laughs> because I found when I was recovering from my operation, the thing that I found that was really helpful was audiobooks and things like that because you don't really have the capacity. Well, the brain fog is real, basically. So to have something that's yeah. that's mostly illustrations and kind of like kind of one liners and takeaways and things like that, you you can open that at any point on your cycle, any point during a flare up and, and get something from it. Exactly. And you can dip in and out of it. It's not like a story where you think, oh, where have I got to? It's yeah. kind of you you dip in and out, you, you flip through a few pages and you put it back again, you know, and that's it. Your little dose of endo happiness. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this exists. is so amazing! Like honestly, I'm so excited for you, and I'm excited yeah, well, to get hopefully. my hands on it. To be honest, as well. <laughs> well, I will send you a copy. Oh, that's just oh, so exciting! So so exciting! <laughs> and will our favourite characters be appearing in the book? <laughs> that's the plan. Ah! Oh my goodness, amazing! So are you? Are you I'm so many questions about the book. Are you are you using just kind of submissions like ideas that you've got in your own head? Are you going to take submissions like people are going to send in their experiences or? Oh, I want to do like a whole chapter at the end called Trutherus with lots of people's different stories, um, oh and then God. I'd have their uterus illustration and then like their story over the next few pages of. So it's, at the end, it's got people stories that people can relate to and see how actually your stories can really vary and your symptoms can vary and again because it's you know you hear endometriosis and you think it's a painful period and if I have a painful period I might have it but for me example I never had particularly painful periods that wasn't my symptom 
Oh, really? Um, I still yeah, find I that can... quite a rare thing to hear from people, I feel like. Yeah, no, but me too, which is part of the reason why when I started learning a lot about it, I was like, oh, do I actually have this? Because <laughs> I don't have that that main symptom, but I've basically got all the other symptoms and obviously I've had operations and they found it. But yeah, yeah so I kind of think that's an important thing to kind of get across that just because, and even if you just have one of the symptoms of, you know, say you have, I don't know, some people have just like bowel problems, for example, but it's actually due to endometriosis. Yeah, and you, um, you could, I mean, because people are so reluctant to, I think, check you for endometriosis anyway, you could go your whole life and not know that that's what you had, I suppose, as well, if you just had one of those symptoms. Exactly. And, I, and I've actually spoken to quite a few people online about endometriosis in other areas and how, you know, it's, it's, it's commonly associated with the uterus, but actually can be found anywhere in the body. And yeah. there's quite a few, you know, girls online that got it in the lungs and in their bladders. And I mean, it's horrendous. It's really quite scary that you can find another place. Because again, my, my doctor never told me that, you know, he said it was the uterus and, and the ovaries and that was it. You know, he still kind of, whenever I complain that I've got uh, any bowel problem, he says, oh, well, it can't be endometriosis. It's like, well, <laughs> it can. <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely can. I mean, oh, my goodness, this doctor, man. I can see where you got all the inspiration from for your... <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I need to keep going to him just for inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> no, Give me more. Please don't, no. <laughs> uh, but, no, it, it's mad the amount of kind of... Well, I, I'm not going to... because doctors have got a, I mean how rich is it for me to say and go a doc, oh, doctor's ridiculous but you know they've got a lot to, to think about but it, it is mm-hmm. mad that you can present with all the symptoms kind of have had it verified in various operations you know been through all this and actually have educated taken up on yourself to educate yourself and still yeah. kind of get that no 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 just you get on with it <laughs> you know it just it's horrific and we not no one going through this deserves to have to to face that when they are brave enough to, to present with their pain and, and ask for help? Well, I think also, you know, you you go to these gynecologists and stuff and you, you're feeling awkward already. No one wants to go to a gynecologist and you know you're about to get your fanny out and he's going to see it. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> oh, yeah, you do, yeah. That's it. That's the, that's the heart of it. That's what makes you feel awkward, for sure. When your feet are up in those stirrups, it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so then suddenly having to fight your corner when you're feeling really vulnerable anyway makes it 10 times more difficult if, if I was going to see a doctor about my elbow I think I find it a lot easier to be like no it does hurt and this is why yeah but because of the situation and because you feel vulnerable it's a very difficult if they're saying to you well I'm, I'm not sure about that you're much more likely to say okay fine because you just want it all over and done with and you feel insecure so that's it, it's kind of a it? recipe for disaster. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, especially that's why so many young women put it off in the first place, isn't it? Because the thought of even walking into a doctor and talking to them about anything that might result in you having to, them having to kind of uh, take a closer look. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely Exactly. Not. Yeah, especially not exactly. to be told, oh, it's, it's, it's just something everyone goes through. It's all in your head, all that absolute... Oh, horrendous stuff that we've we've all we've all sat through a doctor's appointment and been told that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just it'll be it'll be so fascinating actually to kind of see these stories in print because I'm sure. Well, this is what I found with Endosilent Scotland. Just the act of number one, I think it's really cathartic for the people that are 
being featured because everybody is so happy to kind of just spew their guts and tell you every detail of what they're going through because it is so acutely personal and because it has dominated, well, it's likely dominated, um, you know, some of these women's lives for the last few years anyway. So mm-hmm. to have that platform, to give people that platform is, is such a positive thing. But I also find that when people start sharing their stories, yeah, it can be so powerful. And just because you have that automatic connection, you feel like you know this person uh, because they're they're real and they're raw and they're just telling you what they're going through. It, it can exactly. Be, yeah. It, it, well, to be honest with you, people have messaged me in the past and said, that's the reason that I went to the doctor. And that's yeah, amazing. Exactly. And, you know, and as, as we said before, you know, be able to read these stories, whether it's online or in this book or wherever, um, and to know that you're not alone and to know, and, and although, you know, <laughs> it's not good that so many people have it, yeah. in a way, it's, it's wonderful to know you've got this community and of, of such kind people in, in general, you know, everyone really wants to help each other and offer advice because it, you, don't, you don't want someone else to suffer the way you have. So... That's another part of this book is that I want to bring people the comfort that I needed after these operations and the darkest times. I wish I had a book like that to kind of refer to because, you, you know, you'd Google it and you'd go down, you know, WebMD or whatever, and you'd read all these horribly scary stuff, but no one's saying it in a plain, kind, simple way. Yeah. And, and, and oftentimes when you get down that road, which is a bleak one that I've been through as well, um, and I when you're you're vulnerable and you're in that state where you're just like I'll do anything to to get, mm-hmm. to make this better you, you you find all the all the stuff that you don't want to see don't you you find all the things that are just like a radical um whether it's a hysterectomy or whether it's you know it, it's always things that that put the fear of god in you scary fertility things that you, you know exactly. you don't know your situation until a doctor is literally looking at you right now and has all your results in front of you and even then trial and error and things like that it can be so damaging for especially a young person or I don't know I'm just saying that because I was a young person but you know it, it it's but really frightening I think so and also it's, it's one of those things I was thinking about this the other day that I think so many of us especially in this online community we're all in our you know early to mid 20s and yeah, this is a, I mean obviously not in this exact time because we're in a pandemic but your early to mid 20s is when you're supposed to have the most fun and you're supposed yeah. to be enjoying yourself and you know we're a lot of the time we're like 80 year old women oh my goodness yeah I, so I was, when I've talked to the church the endo gals I'm always like oh so when did you get on the menopause like when were you on the menopause <laughs> I was 22 what fun that's that's great isn't it you know a little trial run had hot flushes at the same time as my mum that's great, oh, isn't it? Did that did that happen to you? Yeah, so I went on the uh, GnRH injections just right. after my operation, and yeah, the symptom for me was 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 the menopause essentially, and so it was lots of hot flushes, and I was on HRT, and like I was twenty two, oh you know, just drenched in in sweat, but I was so happy to be twenty two and menopausal because it meant like because nothing else I wasn't in pain yeah do you know what I mean mm. and that's a pretty <laughs> twisted kind of toss up there isn't it between you can be menopausal and, and fine or you can be uh, doubled over and that well, makes I, me so sad <laughs> well I'm trying to find comedy in it because I think that's what we do to survive it's certainly what, yeah what a lot of the the trutherist posts are, are all about finding that little kind of sense of humor I suppose otherwise you just 22 year old lady (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so the 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 whole thing is ridiculous but 
That's what I mean. We'll try anything. That's why it's so dangerous when you get down that rabbit hole because you're literally yeah. you're so vulnerable. If the right per- if the wrong person told you something at the right time, exactly. If, and the thing is, you read things like again about hysterectomies, or you know, people say that pregnancy can cure it, and you know, people can end up trying to get pregnant if they're not in a you know happy relationship or whatever because they think that's maybe the way to stop it. And you just think, oh my god, it's a life changing decision. But you can understand why people may may choose that because they think if that's an answer, then then they'll take it. Yeah. It's it's really scary. <laughs> I mean again like that was definitely something that I went through with someone who I'm not with anymore you know so Mm. like I'm sure maybe that would have saved the relationship I don't think so and I don't think any child should be should have that responsibility (laughs) on them especially not one that you've been through an ordeal to to have and all this stuff and stuff but I was convinced that if I didn't like oh okay well I'll just have a baby now then that's what I'll do and then went to fertility appointment and and thankfully the fertility doctor just was like you've got a little time don't do this yeah um so that I'm glad but, because I don't know I was not ready you know it would have been awful for everyone involved but yeah we all go through that sort of I mean I I think about it all the time of kind of when do you think I because again you read all these horrible statistics a lot of the things that I've read they look really bad and then you you look into it and then and, and you kind of have to g yourself up and think well okay I know infertility is a problem but it's like only five to ten percent of people like really struggle and Mm -hmm. you know we we can get IVF we can discount and I think it just it so depends on the frame of mind that you're in when you are processing this information doesn't it what sticks with you and what kind of can exactly and and when you're in that mood you're looking for something awful of course you are you are sitting in that bath looking for the negative things my bath of tears (laughs) your bath of tears but yeah no we've, we've all we've all had to kind of process things like that and and it is a really, a really tricky one, especially when yeah. you don't realise how much you maybe want something until a doctor tells you you might not be able to have it. Exactly. Or it might not be so simple for you. And then you think, exactly. oh, my goodness, I've only done it a couple of times, bum. But I've got the, <laughs> you know, the morning after pill or you've, you've, you've panicked because you've not like had contraception. And then you're like, well, what was the point? I can't. Yeah. You know, it sounds exactly. so ridiculous. But the thoughts that you have are, you know. I'm glad that I can express them to people and they don't think I'm a lunatic, but... No, it's, it's the thing is you need to, because I think you, you can say this to people that don't suffer from it, and I'm sure some would totally agree, but a lot of people will be like, what are you talking about? We're young, just don't even think about it. But when you've got a condition like this, it is only natural to think about that kind of stuff. So I think being able to say it to people that understand, you know, makes a real difference. And even if you want to have these mad conversations be like right I'm gonna get pregnant right now and then you don't mean it but <laughs> you just want to say it no, sometimes I'm just thinking of your poor boyfriend he's like okay well that's fine I, I'm fine with this but wow <laughs> I know he's probably listening to the wall being like what <laughs> what did you just scream on that podcast <laughs> yeah no I mean but it, we, we've all yeah it, it's been through it. and that's why this as I say the stories are going to be so powerful and just seeing people maybe a few years down the line from you and seeing how their life is going and if they had similar symptoms to you and maybe maybe they do have have the dream little family unit now or maybe they do maybe they're just doing other amazing things you know and just an inspiration and in some other way exactly that's and that's so cool. what I really want is people from really like all walks of life and all kind of you know, some people have had babies, some people have have not, you know, some people have had IVF, some people get pregnant naturally, and all these things that you worry about, I'm going to hopefully have a story for each one of, of people, what they've done with their lives, really. So that's the plan. And 
and then lots of other things too lots of silly illustrations and ridiculous chapters and a bit of a laugh <laughs> they, well I mean I'm by nature some of the things that you cover in your illustrations you know are they do make you laugh they are they are silly but they are so powerful and they are beautiful and they're doing some amazing things right now I mean honestly like I just think it's fantastic I think it's amazing thank you really really do I think um yeah no it's um it's very um as I said before it's kind of therapeutic for me and even the ones I do where I kind of talk to my younger self and you know what I would say to her and you know that kind of thing it's kind of I mean, to be fair, I think if my younger self saw me doing illustrations of it and putting it out to the world, she'd be so embarrassed. Oh, she would. She would. That's true. And then you'd, then you'd have to be like, you'll understand one day, honey. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, God, with that, we're just so easily embarrassed about everything, aren't you, when you're a young woman going through, I mean, nothing traumatic at all, just everything is traumatic. Yeah. Someone can say hello and you're like, that's so embarrassing. Oh, and then you think about it for two weeks because you probably said, like, love you, mum, to the, the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> that is my worst night. I've done that before oh, and it's just awful. Yeah. It is. Oh, I, do you know what? I Now I'm going to have a nightmare. So that's good. Tonight. <laughs> you're going to say it tomorrow on the radio. Uh, I'm like, love oh, no. Oh no. Uh, no, but honestly, Susie, it's just been such a pleasure chatting to you. I'm so excited for everything that uh, you have in store for Trutheris. And we just can't wait to follow oh, this journey. You. It's brilliant. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do it. It makes, me, it makes me really happy to do so. And it makes me even happier to see it makes other people happy. So it's a whole big ball of happiness. Which is nice. <laughs> In a bleak endo ball. Yeah, Rather than like a painful cyst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Overreacting. I really hope that you enjoyed it. I'm sure that you did because Susie is just brilliant. Make sure that you give her a wee follow on Instagram. Her handle is Trutheris. You won't regret it. Her content is just amazing. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you tell your friends about it. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, and leave us a wee review if you want to as well. Really, really appreciate that. And of course, this podcast is for people living with endometriosis. We would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If you have any guests that you'd like us to get on, drop me an email, overreactingpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I'm Katie and this is a podcast for Endo Silence Scotland. See you next month.